Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Med- Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One of the greatest gifts I gave to myself a few years ago was no longer speaking to a family member. And this is something that I had waffled over for over 20 years. It was something that therapists had told me I could and should do. It was like so clear to me and to everyone that this was an abusive relationship. And yet, because family systems are complicated, it was not something that I felt capable of doing. And cutting this person out was the right decision for me. But it did take me 20 years. And these are always really difficult decisions, I think, especially with family, but also with chosen family, because our family systems are so complicated. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We are talking to somebody who is considering quitting their relationship with their father. And before we start that conversation, I just want to offer a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about abuse and addiction today. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? So today we are joined by someone who would like to stay anonymous, but I am just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. It's 11 p.m. your time. So how did you spend your day today? Yeah, it's 11 here in Sydney, Australia, and I am coming off the back of a big day up at 5.30 with my nine-month-old and... I work as a curator, so I've been at work today and then um, had a lovely evening on the lounge with my partner before sitting down to talk to you. We're very grateful that you are awake and here with us, especially with the nine-month-old. So what are you considering quitting today? I've come to the conversation considering my relationship with my father and how I move forward with my relationship to him. And if it's a relationship that I want in my future, if it's inevitable that I will be in relationship to him in some way, what that looks like, 
or if this is a point in my life where it's up to me to walk away from something that is challenging in an ongoing and permanent way. I mean, the way that you phrase that is so interesting. It sounds like to some extent, if it was up to you, you would cut him out of your life. Is that right? Yeah. If it was up to me, maybe I would not have him in my life. But I know that he can't imagine a world in which I'm not a part of his life. So I get caught in, I guess it's wanting to do the right thing by him or wanting to maintain that relationship at all costs, even though I think the cost is sometimes great on me. It's heavy on me. And since having a baby, that looks different for me now because I feel like I want to model certain types of relationships to my son and I want to create an environment where I'm not allowing toxic relationships or toxic people into our life and into our home life. So it's thrown up, should I quit my relationship with my dad in a different way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you mind giving a little bit of context as to how this relationship bears out in a way that you're considering cutting your dad out of your life? What is it about this relationship that you're like, I would probably be better off if he wasn't around? There was a period of about, well, actually, I think his whole life and my whole life, but really there was a period of about 15 years where he completely went off the rails and kind of was in his addictions, really. He was hitting rock bottom for a long time without being able to recognise that or want to change that. And being a passenger to that chaos is really hard when you love someone, they are your parent, and you're kind of the collateral damage to this, like, spiral of self-destruction that they're in. And he's, he has not made any attempt to try and be in recovery from any. And he has multiple addictions that rule his world. But he's quite happy in that kind of active state of addiction. So I, I have a lot of anger and trauma around watching all of that happen and... I don't necessarily blame him. No, I do blame him for that trauma. <laughs> so that's really hard. I'm really angry at him all the time. And I I blame him for all of the dysfunction in our relationship. And then also I've had to process a lot and I don't think that he can always recognise or see that. So it's like it hurts again. Mm-hmm. Which is what trauma is, right? Trauma is a live wire that gets touched again and again, and then we relive the instances that happen. So trauma is something that is present, even though it is based on incidents that happened in the past. When it's getting triggered, this is happening for you now. Absolutely. So that's my concept of, of what the trauma is and where a lot of our conflict comes from is that I can very easily get triggered by my dad or re-triggered or re-traumatized by him. And I think he can't understand why I can't let things go. And I have 
tried to work through all of my feelings by understanding his experience and his trauma. He grew up in a home where he was psychologically, verbally and physically abused by his father. And then he was conscripted at 19 into the Vietnam War. You know, I don't think that he was ever given the tools to work through those traumas in a healthy way. And then, you know, I come along and all of a sudden he's a dad and now being a parent myself, I know that you, you just, you're just doing your best. Literally, you just do. And I, I truly believe that he is just doing his best. And that's just what it happens to look like. So I also come to my relationship with him trying to have a lot of compassion for his experiences and that I know that he loves me so much and that he thinks that he has done a better job than his dad and that he's always tried to love me more than anything and show me that. And, you know, it just gets complicated for me how to navigate almost kind of protecting him because I know he's a good person trying to do his best, yeah. but also he's he's hurt me more than anyone else in the world. Yeah. I mean, I hate that your dad had to go through all of that, right? Like that is a lot to go through growing up in an abusive home and then being conscripted into a war that you don't want to be part of. And I I believe you that your dad is doing his best. Is it possible that asking him to do his best would be asking him to take some distance from you? Is there a world in which you could say to him, dad, I know that you do your best and I know that you love me and that you want what's best for me. And what's best for me right now is for us to not be in contact. And I just need you to believe that that's actually what's best for me. He respects me enough that I could definitely say that and he would it would be hard for him to hear mm-hmm. but he would he would do what I ask I don't think he would understand it mm-hmm. um, because he doesn't understand where my anger towards him necessarily comes from if he understands it he buries it mm-hmm. so I can see that I have I would have a certain type of power if I gave myself the permission to say for myself and for my own safety, I need to take a step back from this relationship. And I guess what's stopping me is that I don't want to be another person in his life that just can't connect with him or that can't love him or that rejects him because I do love him. And I, I think me constantly showing up, taking his calls, making time for him. That's my way of of showing him that I love him. But on another level, I'm doing all of this work to understand my dad and he doesn't know anything. He, He couldn't tell you where I've worked for the last five and a half years, what my job title is, what I do every day. He just knows I'm his daughter and, you know, I used to be just a a drinking buddy for him. Now I'm somebody that he can call up when he's drunk and have a big yarn to, you know, there's a certain disconnect in our experiences as well. And that's part of like, that's part of why I feel like I need to put up a boundary sometimes because of his coping mechanisms. He doesn't have much interest in me as a real person. 
I mean, it sounds to me like you feel like you have two bad options, that you cannot cut off your dad and have someone in your life who's triggering very real trauma for you, and therefore you are living in a traumatized state, or you cut off your dad and you're sad all the time about the fact that you feel like you're somebody else who's hurting him. And the an additional complicating factor in this is that you now have a kid and that you want to model for him not what feels good on a day-to-day basis or for survival of like holding this tension, but but something definitive. Is that right? I think exactly what you said about feeling like I have two bad options hits the nail on the head because the options are I stay in a relationship where I really feel like I'm doing it for the other person. Totally. Or I walk away from my relationship with my dad and I will regret that I can't just keep showing him love because that's what I think he especially needs. And now that I, that you mentioned the complicating factor that I have a child now, if I take myself out of the situation, there are two people left, you know, there's my dad and there's my son who deserve to have their own chance at a relationship. And I've noticed that my dad is a grandfather, me having a baby is the, the first grandchild for him. So being a grandfather is new for him. And he has a completely different approach to how he raised me. He has said to me that he will not drink around my mm. son, which is, I don't think that I ever really saw my dad not drunk. And he had to be the drunkest person wherever we were. And he would be, you know, blackout and not remember anything that had happened or said or been done or, you know, and even though he can't acknowledge to me those impacts on me or on our relationship, he's obviously made the decision to not do that around my son. And I want to give him that chance my son deserves the opportunity to try and have a relationship with his grandfather, regardless of what my relationship is to him. I think that I, I come back to that as well. What's the best thing I can give my son? And I think he should know his grandfather, but I just get, I still have these feelings towards him. I'm disapp- he did, he hasn't met my expectations of what a father should be. And he never will because he, he already messed it up. <laughs> You know, we can keep trying to patch it up or to be civil or for for love to be enough in our relationship. But either I have to make the choice of this is what it is and I'll be forever a bit disappointed and resentful and actually angry that he wasn't the dad that I feel I deserve <laughs> or I walk away and just try and remove all of that anger from from my life. I honestly don't know. Do you think that there's a possibility of a middle ground of, hey, dad, you are capable of being sober around my kid. 
can we have a rule that you're always sober around me, that you don't call me drunk, or if I hear you drunk on the phone, I hang up. But you've now proven to yourself that you understand that this is a thing and that you are capable of being sober. And I want that too. Would that be enough for you? Or are you like, I would still be triggered just by him. It's not him drunk. I will, I will be triggered by him, I think, for the rest of my life because his addictions then went on to create a lot of self-destructive behaviours. If you could imagine a person blowing up their life and blowing up my mother's life and then doing that for as long as they possibly could, it's not just one thing. Yeah. And he's a liar. So I can ask Mm -hmm. for things in a really calm, rational, person-to-person approach and he will be manipulative and lie and gaslight you. Mm-hmm. But I take your point that I could just ask for what I want, which is don't call me or see me when you're drunk or drink around me. He'll lie on the phone and say I'm not drunk. but Right. Yeah. It sounds like you could ask for it, but you have no reason to believe him. So what's the mm-hmm. point of asking, Right. I'm going to ask about one more potential middle ground option, and that is, is it possible for your partner or a sibling or someone to supervise visits between your father and your kid and for you to say, our relationship is done, but I want you to have a relationship with my baby, so my partner is going to facilitate that, and that is you showing your dad that you believe in his ability to grow and that you want good things for him. And it's giving your kid the opportunity to know his grandfather, but like you're out. Does that feel like a possibility? Yeah, I love that. I never thought of that. But that seems like a really simple, doable solution. It's not simple, right? Well, I mean... I can still be involved in in him saying, can I come over and see your son this weekend? And then I can leave it up to my partner to be here or arrange the logistics and I can take myself out for a walk and have some me time. Yeah, I'd love that. Because what I would imagine that is, is quitting your relationship with him as your father and saying yes to a relationship with him as your son's grandfather. And then, you know, it's possible, in the, you know, that after 10 years of being a great, wonderful grandfather, you want to get back into his life. It's possible that every time you imagine it, you're like, super no, not there. But that is demonstrating hope in him and faith in him, hopefully without triggering yourself. I honestly want to start that immediately. I love that as a concept. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I couldn't think my way into that as a solution, but that's exactly, that's the picture I want where I don't have to engage because it brings up a lot for me. But I I don't want to deny him that chance to be with my son and I don't want to deny my chance 
my son that chance to to know his grandfather. So I love that. I also then get get some time to myself. It's helpful. It's useful and functional. (laughs) I would feel better getting something from him that is useful to me. Yeah. Totally. That would feel like, yeah, okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little bit back. I'm not just giving. I love that. It's an incredibly compassionate response, keeping your dad even vaguely in your circle and caring about him despite not only the harm he's done, but the harm that he's still doing just by triggering you and by still calling you drunk and still not being trustworthy. The fact that you want to keep him in your life at all is incredibly compassionate and not something that you owe him. The only reason that I'm not like, cut your dad out entirely is because it seems like that would really hurt you. But yeah, I just want to say, I think you're entirely entitled to completely cut him out of your life. Thank you. To say, I believe that you can grow dad, but it doesn't, too late here. Thank you. I don't feel like I grew up with that as a value and I would never give myself that permission to walk away in our in our home growing up. It makes sense now when I think about my dad, but the right. message that we got over and over again for me and my brother was love is unconditional. Love is. Love is not keeping someone in your life necessarily though. Yeah, and you know, maybe I have misinterpreted that to mean that you can flagellate yourself for love, you know, like family love. Because my dad's behavior when I, especially now being a parent, it's just atrocious. He has gotten so drunk and I've ended up at like taking him to hospital on multiple occasions because he has fell down and hit his head or he's had a some sort of attack or he 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 gambled away like my our whole house my mum was homeless like he had many affairs with my one including with my mum's best friend like really deeply hurtful things that it, it's really hard to forget and forgive but there is this thing in me that's like well he's still my dad whoever he is he's still my dad and he is still your dad, that again just doesn't mean that you owe him your company. I'm getting so nervous thinking about this as well, but I think he would be so shocked if we did not have any type of relationship. And he comes from a time where he thinks his behaviour is permissible, no matter what it includes. Yeah. And I think he resists my intolerance for that behaviour. He honestly cannot really understand what my problem is. Yeah. Because it's his life and his choices. Like, what does that have to do with me? And I think partly why it makes me nervous, it is like I feel like there is still some sort of structure there where he decides what is 
what is okay and not okay. And even if I've decided for myself that that behavior is not, it's not okay for me, he would think I'd lost my mind. Yeah. I completely understand why that's maddening, right? Why you want someone to understand. You want them to understand why you're making a decision and to acknowledge it. And yet that is exactly the problem is that he doesn't understand, which is why you need to extricate yourself. And so again, like that's the way in which cutting him off is the bad option because it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be like, he still is out there thinking that I'm the problem, right? And like that is such a frustrating idea. And yet it's about choosing the better frustration for you. He has behaved in a way where you don't you don't have clean options. You don't have an option that is like, this is the one that's going to make my heart sing. Regardless of your options, you have a father who has disappointed you your whole life and continues to disappoint you. And it's just about which of the bad options is better for you. If one of these options was good, you wouldn't need to come on this show. You'd be like, obviously, right? Like this wouldn't mm-hmm. be a hard decision. Look, I'm seeing quite clearly that maybe part of the reason that I still have a relationship with him is because what resonated with me about what you were saying is maybe I'm seeking some sort of validation from him for the way that I feel I've been treated or that it's impacted Mm -hmm. me or affected me Mm -hmm. and that I've had to process and I'm never going to get that from him because he is not capable, whether it's through self-protection or for whatever reason, he can't relate to me in that way. And recently when we had a major conflict and I thought, oh, great, this is actually my opportunity to walk away. When we sort of, you know, patched things up a little bit, I was the problem for being angry and upset and... It's just kind of this conversation is just dawning on me that what you presented as a choice at the start of this conversation, it feels less like a choice now. And and I feel like I know what I need to do. It is to take that major step back. It's not to keep patching things up. He's never going to understand my point of view on this. And I'm always going to feel then hurt in two ways that it happened and that I don't receive an acknowledgement or let alone an apology or or any kind of re- relating to my experience of it in any way. And yeah. just articulating that in this conversation makes me realise that I can keep doing what I'm doing or I can stop. I wish you the best. I'm sorry he was a bad dad. Is a bad dad. He's a bad dad. He did his best. I'm really still going to always yeah. I'm gonna oh, say absolutely. that. But I'm grateful for this conversation. It's given me some confidence to maybe make a decision I always wanted to make and couldn't quite see my way to it. <laughs> and I think that, I think this conversation... And your vulnerability is going to be helpful to a lot of people because you are clearly such a loving, caring person. Your loving him doesn't mean that he's entitled to be 
in your life. I don't think it means you don't love him. I don't think it means that you don't want him to change. You don't want him to thrive. You're sitting here rooting for him. Absolutely. You just don't want him to keep hurting you. Yep. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. 99.9% of our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you are a regular listener, we would really appreciate your support. And just a reminder that if you miss Casper, we're still doing a little advice show called Dear Casper and Vanessa over on our Patreon. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. We have to shout out our BFF tier patrons Molly Real, Laura Lorber, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schram, Effie Hugh, Stephanie Federwish, Biddy, and Ari. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman, and our music is by Nick Bull. We are distributed by Acast. Thank you so much to our guest today. It was really an honor to speak to you. And thanks, as always, to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Laura Glass, AJ Uramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Willison, Casper Turkyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. I'm dropping into your feed to let you know that starting June 23rd, you are invited to a class called Discovering Your Own Patron Saints, a guided workshop with Natalie Folkerts. In this six-session class, you will explore beloved characters from literature who have jumped off the page and made their way into the moral fabric of your life. The first week of this class, you're going to explore what we mean by patron saints, and then each subsequent week will be devoted to a different value, wonder, imagination, grief, and courage. If you are seeking spiritual guidance outside of the constraints of formal religion, if you are someone who finishes a novel and feels like you have said goodbye to new friends, then this class is for you. Register before the first class on June 23rd by going to notsorryworks.com. That's N-O-T-S-O-R-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S dot com.